Okay, I had to wait for the British lady to do her countdown. But we're live on Blog Talk Radio now. Thank goodness. I don't know why that happened, but it's like, you know, it happens every once in a blue moon. I'll call in, do the do the pin code and all that good shit, and then all of a sudden, without warning, it hangs up on me. But it's working right now, at least for the moment. I should have known something was wrong when I didn't see the little Skype window, the little miniature Skype window that's in front of my face. Ah, well, this is just the way live internet broadcasting works. Stranger things have happened, folks. Believe me. Aha! I see. Gunslinger on the line. <laughs> now we're trying to get him there. We, I think we got him. I think he's there. I'm not going to jinx it and say he is definitely there, because if I say he's definitely there, he may not actually be there. I'm here somewhere. I'm way over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere under the rainbow, stealing that pot of gold. Because the leprechauns don't deserve it. We need it more and more. Oh. Yes, I know. I am so wired for sound when it comes to having fun. Uh, so how you doing, Gunslinger? Well, I'm trying to stay cool. We've got a 97 day. It's the summer. <laughs> we got up to close to that. On the on the on the actual temperature, um, we got to about I think it was 96 with a feel like temperature of 97, and we had a heat index of 100, which really sucked. I was supposed to go. Uh, I was supposed to go to my heart doctor, actually have a face-to-face physical meeting with my heart doctor again. Heart doctor called me up and said, stay home. And I said, why, doc? And she turned around and said, because, George, the heat index is over 100. The heat and humidity is up there. Just going down your stairs to get to, to, get to, the, to, get to your transportation you're going to end up breathing like you've got a brick on your chest. I said, no, it would be more like a cinder block, but I get the idea. So you're canceling the appointment, and she goes, yes. Uh, We can always reschedule. It is not imperative. Then I get a knock at the door. My, um, My diabetes supplies, the lancets and test strips showed up a little earlier than than originally planned, but no biggie. But the the stupid wart that was delivering them, boom, 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 knocking, banging on the door. I'm in my bedroom 
I'm trying to put on a pair of pants, and he says, and he's like, and he's like, um, I said, I hollered out, "Hold on, I'll be right there." Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, "Hold your water, I'll be right there." I open the door. The guy talks to me with an attitude. You, George Sinzer? Yeah, that's me. Shoves the package in my hands. Says, if you have any problems, call Rite Aid. And he storms off. I'm like, what the fuck is going on today? Then it gets even crazier. I go to make a cup of coffee. And I forget to put the cup in up on the Keurig. And I end up pouring a cup of coffee into the... Uh, Spilled into the, into this little um, tray that you put your cup on, and any if it like if, if it's like a splash tray or something, in case the the cup overflows or some damn thing, you know, if you hit the wrong amount and you and you kind of go over the side of the cup, and, well anyway, that was a waste of a cup of coffee, and then. The ultimate insult to my stomach. I'm barfing my head off at least six times today. Now, I'm not running a fever or nothing like that. I came to the running conclusion the last time this happened, it was because I ate something that didn't agree with me the day before. Big time didn't agree. And I had meatloaf yesterday. Meatloaf that I made. Uh, it was slightly overcooked. And I think that's what did it. Oh, well. I'm feeling fine now, though. So, everything's going a little better than than original. Originally had happened. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? You just gotta go and hope for the best, right, Gun? You want to speak of crazy? Okay. You want to hear something crazy? Look at the two things I put in Also, so bo- so blazing loud and and also distorted. I'm blazing loud. Okay. You know, well, you're you're slightly loud because there's a distortion in your audio. Ah, the fucking thing went back up to ten. Fuck my shit, motherfucker. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just readjusted that motherfucker when I brought Skype up. It was a ten. Welcome and it to was my automatically world, buddy. Welcome and to my world. Fucker. God damn. Should be better there. Well, oh, much better, much better, definitely. Well, now I can. What I was. I mean, I could hear you and I could understand you. It's just that you were. It's like in our, in our old CB days, you were over-modulating. Well, hell, it was all the way up on Chin. No wonder. Shit. I could have fucking talked to you from the road, probably. You would have heard. Anyway. Uh, probably. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Think, people will think you're off your rocker. but yeah. They think I'm off my rocker anyway because I carry a gun. Just go figure. But anyway. And you uh, live in Texas. You wanna... How's that? 
wait a minute, you live in Texas, a gun-friendly state, and people think you're off your rocker for carrying a gun. And you'd be surprised. We got some gun cases down here, too, you know, like everybody else. Well, they're everywhere, aren't they? Everywhere. So anyway, but you, were, you were starting to say, sir. You wanted to hear something fucking crazy. Look at the two articles that I put in the FFNO. What the fuck is going on with people, man? I, this is, this is, I've never seen anything like it. Check those two articles out. Thank you. Okay. I, I did. The face of the book. Face me, Bill. Oh, face me. Come on, open, open, open. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Blabber Buzz. I never heard of that one. Interesting name, though, blabber.buzz. Well, I suppose it could be worse. Debate, not hate, social media for politics. Okay. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw something um, about this on, I think it was um, at Epoch Times. They literally raised every drawbridge in the place <laughs> to lock down the area so they could contain it. Uh, yeah, this is this, but I mean, this is we're talking about Chicago, folks. Um, they literally raised every drawbridge in the along along the stretch. Remember, and it even says it right here. Just like in Gotham City during the Batman, during the, in one of the Batman movies, um, I think it was Batman Begins. I think in order to prevent people from leaving the Narrows, they raised every drawbridge. Well, Chicago did the same thing to contain the problems with the rioting, the looting the pillaging, the plundering, so forth, and like that. Gunslinger, this shit is, is, has gone too fucking far. There Check has out to that be... Next article. You I'm, talk about I'm going rape. to. I'm going to. Yeah. You, you think that one's bad? Shit. Read this other one. I'm telling you, people are going fucking crazy, man. I've never seen anything like it. Okay, this comes from the, this, this article is from the Blaze, folks. Apparently, a neighbor reportedly rushes five-year-old boy playing outside, puts a gun to puts a gun to his head. Yep. And ex he executed a five-year-old kid. Yep. Oh yep. my god. Yep. Man, I, when I read that, I swear to God, my blood pressure went through the fucking goddamn roof. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Ugh. Folks, I'm going to read this article. And, and let me tell you something right now. For anyone anyone who's ever come to this broadcast knows that I have a my heart reaches out to children. Okay? Because too many pedophilia... Too many pedophiles out there 
too many th- things like this happening over the years. You know, I want to see our I want to see children safe. I want to see them happy, healthy. You know, I want them to to have a life. This five year old boy was denied that chance. And here's what here's what the Blaze put out. A five-year-old boy is dead after a man in Wilson, North Carolina, reportedly ran up to the child while he was playing in a neighborhood street and fatally shot the child in the head. According to a report from WRAL-TV, the shooting took place on Sunday. Cannon Hinant, easy name to pronounce, just can't get my tongue to stop blocking the eye teeth was playing outside his father's house on the dusky summer evening when their neighbor, 25-year-old Darius N. Sessoms, charged cannon, produced a handgun, and shot him in the head. The child's 7-year-old and 8-year-old siblings witnessed the murder. First responders came to the scene and transported the little boy to Wilson Medical Center, where he was pronounced. Doris LeBrant, a neighbor, said she witnessed Sesame. Yeah, easy names to pronounce, I'm sure. Witnessed Sesame's running to cannon, putting the gun to his head, and firing the weapon before fleeing the scene into his own home. She couldn't believe her eyes. My first reaction was he was playing with the kids, she recalled. For a second, I thought, that couldn't happen. People don't run across the street and kill kids. LeBrant said the situation became all too real when she saw the child's father react to the horrific scene. Authorities took Sessoms into custody on Monday night and charged him with first-degree murder. He is being held in the Wilson County Jail without bond. Authorities have not yet determined a motive in the shooting, but insisted that the killing wasn't random, as Sessoms was reportedly friendly with Cannon's father. A GoFundMe page set up to benefit the family has raised at least $5,577 at the time of this report. Christina Brazioso, a cousin of the family, created the page writing, a beautiful five-year-old baby boy riding his bicycle was shot by his neighbor, point blank, in Wilson, North Carolina. One minute, he is enjoying his life. The next, it all ends because he rode into his neighbor's yard, she wrote. Five years old, guys. Nothing prepares a parent for the loss of their child. No child should ever have their future stolen from them. As of now, the person involved is still hiding like the coward he is. Prayers that he is found soon and justice can begin. I am starting this GoFundMe page to help with the funeral expenses and any help along the way for both Cannon's mother and father with permission. If you can help in any way, please do so. 
GoFundMe organizer and family member, Christina Brazil. God, please. I'd like to get, stop stuttering for one night at least. Christina Prezioso says that the online donation page has been temporarily paused, but that any interested donors can call the family's funeral home directly to make donations. In a Facebook statement, Prezioso is right. I have a lot of people sending me messages about wanting to continue sending donations for Canon Blake Hinnant. Hinnant, sorry. The GoFundMe page is paused, and it takes a few days for the funds to be released. Over $5,000 were raised to help with the funeral arrangements. All of you that are asking how to donate, I contacted Shingleton Funeral Home, the post added. They said you can call them and make your donation over the phone with a debit card. This way is a lot easier to hurry and get the funds straight to the funeral home without any fees from GoFundMe and a waiting period. The number to Shingleton Funeral Home is 252-243-3148. If you are in the area or a business that I have spoken to, they also accept checks. If you would like to go by, if you would like to go by there, the post continues. Sweetest lady on the other on the other end of the phone. Thank you all for supporting this family and keep Canon in your thoughts and prayers. As a parent, I can't imagine what they are going through, but I know that seeing the support they have received is greatly appreciated. Thank you to everyone that donated and shared. You know, I'm looking at a picture of this child and uh, see if I can share this image on the screen, on screen. And uh, you know, it kind of it kind of hits home. You know, because I've got a grand, I've got a grandniece and nephew, and I think about them every day. I think about my, all my nieces and nephews every day. Of course, all my nieces and nephews pretty much are grown up, with the exception of my grandniece and nephew. And I look at this child's picture. It reminds me that I don't get to see my grandnephew or my grandniece. And I don't know what I would do if anything happened to them. I know one thing's for sure. The police wouldn't be able to act fast enough. That's what I was saying today. If I was that boy's father, I, I can't say what I would do. I know exactly what I did. It, it involves things that uh, you tied things down with. Let's put it that way. And this actually happened one time. Uh, it was it's on it's on uh, it's on YouTube. Back there, I don't know when it happened. Four, five, six years ago, I guess, somewhere in there. This uh, this scumbag killed this 
guy's young child, probably over five, six years old. Well, they were transporting the, the suspect. It would just come into an airport or something, and the father was waiting there. Okay. And when they, he was accompanied by the marshal or whatever, when they walked past the phones on the wall, the guy, the father of the deceased child, pulls a gun out and blows his brains out. Right there in the airport lobby. You know what I did? Give that man a medal. I don't think he was even charged. How could you charge somebody like that? Come on, give me a break. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, wow. Oh, Sick people in this fucking society, let me tell you. Very, very sick. Well, let me, um, I'm showing the uh, picture of this, this child who, um, didn't deserve to die. Nope. Did not deserve to die. I mean, five years old, his life snuffed out by an evil, sadistic little thug. Yep. How the hell does he justify this? What, what possible motive could this son of a bitch have had? I look at this child's picture. Yeah, well, Gunsling, I'm looking at this child's picture, just like a lot of people are on the video platforms. And I'll tell you right now, man, this son of a bitch better stay in prison. Actually, he ends up going to going to jail. I guarantee there's going to be people in jail that are going to they're going to snuff this motherfucker right the fuck out. Oh, yeah. they, they, they will, they'll see a, chi- a child killer and they'll take his ass and they'll beat it to an inch of his life. So they better make sure he's in solitary or somewhere where they can keep him safe. Because you know damn well in prison. You hurt a child and it gets around in prison. Your ass is grass, and the prisoners on the lawnmower. My heart goes out to the family of this child. The Hanan family, um, I don't know if they'll get this message or not. I can only pray that they do. My heart goes out to you. No parent should should see their child die. No child should ever go before the parents. The children are supposed to be the future of our country. A beautiful legacy. And this child wasn't given that chance because an evil, sadistic son of a bitch decided he was going to be a a real dumbass. Well, Darius, you better be in solitary confinement for the whole time you're in jail right now because I guarantee there are prisoners in jail that will take one look at you as a child killer 
and they won't be nice about it. And if you get out, you better pray to God because he's the only one who can save you. It is difficult to look at stories like this sometimes. It is truly difficult to look at stories like this and not, you know, and not be affected. You know, they say a journalist is supposed to wear their emotions on their sleeve. How the hell do you do that? How the hell do you do that? Folks, I'm going to show you a picture of what this son of a bitch looks like. If I get, guess I'm not going to get that chance. It won't let me do it. Wow. I could show the picture of the child, but not, not the bastard that killed him. Somehow, I get the feeling today is one of those days. I need to um, need to try and get my myself together here. And, you know, just kind of get it together. So... President Trump has been a very busy man over the last day or so. He's really been busy. Now, President Trump says Democrats push for mail-in voting amounts to election meddling. And he's right. He's absolutely spot on. So I want to bring this, uh, put this, wow. My tongue's blocking the eye teeth and I can't see what I'm saying. Let me try that again. In a news conference Monday, which by the way, I believe was uh, the news conference that got interrupted The president claimed the Democratic the bleh. try again, George. The Democrat Party is trying to implement widespread mail-in voting for their own benefit. The president equated the Democrats' pursuit of mail-in voting in the upcoming elections to foreign interference. I'll tell you who's meddling in our election. The Democrats are meddling, President Trump said. By wanting and insisting on 
sending mail-in ballots where there's corruption all over the place. He and the Democrat Party have clashed on the issue of mail-in voting for several months now amid growing concerns about the impact the coronavirus pandemic will have on the election. The president, president Trump in the past has also accused the Democrats of trying to steal the election by trying to relax voting regulations. Who would want a bill banning signature verification? What's that all about? He asked, you know what it's about fraud. The Republican National Committee has challenged the implementation of lax voting requirements by requesting the intervention of the United States Supreme Court. Another key concern for the president's campaign is the time frame of the presidential debates. The debates are set to start in late September, though some states, such as North Carolina, will begin sending out ballots earlier. People close to the president, including including Trump Organization Executive Eric Trump, have argued the scheduling of the debates could benefit Joe Biden, who he said is afraid and unprepared to debate the president. Their messenger is Sleepy Joe. He doesn't know it's this message. It's his message, said President Trump. He has no idea what the message is, but he's going to do whatever they tell him to do. You know it, because he's not all there. Ain't that (coughs) true? Although five U.S. states already perform full mail-in voting, critics have questioned the, uh, the ability of the U.S. Postal Service to handle a full-scale mail-in voting election. It's still unclear as to what lasting effects, if any, the pandemic will have on the presidential election. I'll tell you what it's going to have. The Democrats still try, still trying to steal an election. Now, they accuse President Trump of, of being involved with Russia, you know, the Russian collusion and all that shit. <coughs> and that, <coughs> excuse me, and that blew up in their face. It blew right the fuck up in their face. Then they tried the impeachment shit. That blew up in their face. Democrats, you are so fucking stupid. You'd be the kind of the kind of bunch that would stand at the, on the mouth of a volcano, look in and go, oh, look at the nice, shiny liquid, and jump in thinking it's a swimming pool. Mail-in voting. I'm not voting by mail. There had better be a voting booth for me to go to. Because if you force me to vote by mail, guess what? I will march that fucking ballot right to the Board of Elections and tell them my ballot had better be counted as is. Or there's going to be a war. 
and I will take a picture of my ballot before handing it over. And I'll tell them, I never want to see another mail-in ballot again. There had better be voting booths from now on. Because this is bullshit. And if the Dem- and if the Department of if the Board of Elections tells me that they're not going to have machines, then I'm going to question the legitimacy of this election. I'm going to question it big time. Bank on it. Gun. Gun. Yo. Gun. Did you hear anything Hello. I just said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, that's probably mine. I got to turn off the AC and turn down the fan. But with the heat and humidity we had today, I just want to make sure I'm not sitting here sweating my ass off. So you heard everything I said. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Well, you know, mail-in ballots like that, uh, I don't think that that's a very good idea. Okay, not for the not for the major, more you know, the, everybody do it. Um, I'm sure they could figure out a way of doing that, which that would be a good idea to take a picture of it and all that good shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I voted absentee in 2016, but I called them to send me a ballot. And then I gave them two days, three days, and I called them back. I said, did you receive my ballot? Is it proper and everything? They said, yes. He got but like I said, you know, these people, they can send in anybody if they want. I mean, you know, and especially the Democrats, you know, they're that crooked and they're that crazy enough to do something like that. Go figure. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Look, I have never... Voted by absentee ballot a day in my life. I've always voted in person. I have always made it a point to put my face out in the up in the, out in the public and let people see that I'm voting in person. I have been voting for 39 years. Do you really think for one fucking minute I'm going to turn around and vote by mail for a pre- for the presidential election? That would be like uh no. That would be a major no. So they better have voting booths set up presidential election is way too important to have mail-in ballots. I'm dead, and I'm serious. Uh, 
basically. Um, I hope that the president is able to weather this latest insanity. The Democrats are... It's like, I don't think they, they, they even realize that they're on the losing end of the battle. You know that gun? I don't know what they think. Uh, of course they're on the losing end of the, of the stick. There's no doubt about that. They were born on the losing end of the stick. You know who Dum Dum picked as his supposedly vice president today? So oh, there's that's your, right. There's I was going to mention that. Yeah. Kamala Harris. So there's there's your there's your example of a dumbass picking a dumbass. What more can you say? <laughs> They're fellow Democrats. What do you want them to do? I mean. Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe Harris, great match. They both suck. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you've got Camel Toe Harris for a VP selection, and Sleepy Joe Biden, who can't even, who, who has to be propped up by the Democrats in order to, um, you know. Because half of what he says is either completely bass backwards, or or he or or he sits there and says things that make absolutely no fucking sense. So hey, and remember he don't know where he is half the time. Remember he don't know where he is half the time, and he don't even know who he's married to. He thinks he's married to his sister. Remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because of my great wife here, and <laughs> of course, everybody thought it was funny. I think it's funny only because he actually believed his sister was his wife. Okay, that's the only reason I laugh at it. He's senile. He's a fucking senile lunatic. And if the people of this country vote for this stupid motherfucker, they're insane for doing it. I mean, no. Not very wise, you know. Now, of course... Picking Kamala Harris, I mean, look at the last time somebody picked a woman as a running mate. Where did that get them? You know? Not, now, ladies and gentlemen, don't misunderstand me. When I say picking a woman, I mean another politician. Okay. Personally, if I were running for president, this is what I would do. If I wanted to pick a woman to run as my running mate, 
I'm going to pick somebody outside of politics, a virtual unknown, someone who has both brains, <coughs> intelligence, as well as beauty. I say beauty last because I don't want people thinking I'm a sexist pig. You know? I, I mean, no. And yes, I, I could I could be like Joe Biden and call and call a woman a dog-faced pony. What the fuck was he thinking when he did that? Does anybody? I mean, honestly, sheesh. And he wants to run the country. <clears throat> And don't forget, he's a fucking pedophile, too. Can leave that out? Oh, yes. Let's not forget how he put his hands on this one girl's shoulders and leaned in and basically was sniffing her hair. Sniffing her hair. <coughs> if that were my kid... I'd be knocking his false teeth down his throat. And I wouldn't care if it was on live television or not. And how about the women he's done this with? Let's not forget, he's actually touched women inappropriately. Ladies, if you ever, if, you, if if he ever gets that close to you, put your lift your heels into his groin, give him a good swift kick in the uprights, drop him to his knees with tears in his eyes, and then look at him and say, "Don't touch what isn't yours," and then walk away. Hey, that's just my suggestion. I'm not promoting violence. Just a just a friendly suggestion. Should Pedo Joe, as Ricky uh, Rose, watching by way of Periscope, just call them. And my my apologies, um, there there there, Cherokee Rose. I did not say hello to you properly. And that's that's you know that a good host of a broadcast should always acknowledge the people that participate in the show whether it's by the chat room, by phone, by smoke signals. Well, maybe not smoke signals, because I won't see those. But you get the idea. So, I mean, seriously. There has to there has to be um, there has to be a logical explanation for everything. But how do you find a logical explanation for Pedo Joe? You know, Gun. I don't think there is one. I don't know what it would be. You know, they you've seen the video on YouTube where he's trying to, you know reach his hand down and fondle his little girl, you know, breast and everything. 
Breath are okay. Mm-hmm. Breath are and, 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 and how about when he held this girl by the hand and and on and on camera pulled her hand to his crotch? Oh yeah, they they there's there's telltale signs. And, and the American like people that. want somebody like that in the White House. Yeah, well, somebody you like that. Fucking minds if you vote for this for this son of a bitch. If the kid, you know, that he did this to, she should have she should have kicked him in the shin or something. But you're on camera with an alleged former VP. You're on camera with a, with a former United States senator, and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. Pedophile Joe basically uh, is just that. He's a pedophile. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. There are too many people in this country who see him for what he is. The biggest pedophile on the planet. Hey, I got a great idea. He wants to be the president somewhere? Let him be the president of Pedophiles Are Us. You know where Pedophiles Are Us headquarters is? You're going to love where it is, folks. In fact, you've heard of it before. The late Jeffrey Epstein's island, better known as Pedophile Island. He could be the president of that, but he sure the fuck shouldn't be president of the United States. What can I say? I read people like a book. Now, if you had to describe Joe Biden in one word other than pedophile, other than pedophile, this is going to be, this is going to be a tough one, folks. Just think about it. If you had to describe this son of a bitch... In, a, in one word other than pedophile, what would that one word be? Now, remember, it's got to be only one word. Okay? Give that some thought. Give that some thought. So, let us see what else is going on here, shall we? Oh, there's a, there is a, last night, um, there's an audio clip that I never got a chance to play, and I want to use, I'm going to use that tonight, and it, it remember folks, the uh, New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, is going after the, uh, the NRA. Well, the NRA is fighting back with a lawsuit of their own. 
glad to see that they're they're going after the after the Miss James and her bullshit. Yeah. So take a listen to this soundbite because apparently the Second Amendment showdown. Backfires on the Democrats. Take a listen. Biden adding some fuel to the fire by supporting an assault weapons ban. And President Trump claiming on Twitter, quote, if Biden becomes president, your great Second Amendment doesn't stand a chance. All right. The Second Amendment issues, Pete, when these start to take front and center, you people's their ears perk up. And I heard from some Democrats uh, in Pennsylvania today that think that the New York action was actually going to backfire on Democrats because it will make people remember that the Second Amendment is on the line. When you well, it might, and it looks like a targeting of a very effective political advocacy group in the NRA. But here's the thing. I've got a, a guy who I buy guns from in New Jersey, and it's a common refrain is Barack Obama is the best gun salesman America ever had because of his threats to reduce the Second Amendment. He said he's never seen people, first-time gun owners, come out to buy personal protective firearms than he has in the last couple of months. You can't find a firearm. It's because when you have uh, the COVID situation, when you have lawlessness in our streets, individual citizens, left, center, or right, realize ultimately, if you want to protect your First Amendment life and liberty, uh, you ultimately need the ability to defend yourself. And so President Trump, yes, we're in a COVID moment. Yes, the economy matters. But he understands cultural issues are king as well. God, guns, Texas gold, energy, you know, religious liberty, the ability to defend yourself, and whether or not we'll allow industry to thrive is a, a front and center kitchen table issue for a lot of people. And the Second Amendment, if you want to have a debate about it, Joe Biden wants to take it away. Donald Trump wants to preserve it. That's one uh, he believes and a lot of people believe is a winner for him. Emily, tell me a little bit about this lawsuit um, and, and what they're alleging in terms of financial improprieties at the NRA and suggesting it should be dissolved. Right. And also in answer to your question to Pete, Dana, a lot of it has to do with timing. Now, the New York Attorney General is alleging financial impropriety, essentially that for the last three years, the corporate leadership at the NRA has been diverting funds for personal use. She called it brazen illegality. So the question remains, why now? Why this timing? And it seems pretty obvious that it's for strategy in an election year, given their investigation has gone back years. But I do note, in addition to what Pete said, that it's sort of questionable strategy. Joe Biden was already leading in the polls without this being a front and center issue. And this just seeks to disturb the moderates and uh, sort of more right Democrats' comfort level with Joe Biden. I have to point out, too, recall on March 10th when Joe Biden was touring a Fiat Chrysler plant and a worker approached him and said on camera, you are actively trying to end our Second Amendment rights and take mm-hmm. away our guns, to which Biden replied, you are full of expletive. I did not. No, no. Shush, shush. I'm not trying to take away your, your Second Amendment. I support it. But his messaging now, where he calls to memory for American people how he, quote, took on the NRA and his policies about mandatory buybacks and registration and smart gun ownership certainly beg to differ. And the NRA does not support those policies. So, <clears throat> having heard that, Gunslinger? Got to hear what your thoughts are. 
Well, you know, I'm glad that the NRA is, um, you know, firing back at it. And no doubt about that. They should be firing back at a lot of things. Okay. One of them is that uh, New York Safe Act. That's the first thing the NRA should be oh, filing but, a but massive. Uh, no, go ahead, buddy. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say that they should be filing a massive lawsuit against them. Because they know damn well it's unconstitutional. You know that. So, and all these other idiots, states that has these crazy-ass gun laws, they are still unconstitutional. But, you know, whether that's going to happen or not, well, well, you know, at least you're doing something. Better than sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Well, the, the National Rifle Association has been under attack by Democrats many times over the years. They've attempted on, on more than one occasion... Uh, to tear down the NRA. But the NRA has proven time and again there are too many gun owners in this country, and they vote. So nine times out of ten, what ends up happening is the Democrats tend to fold like a house of cards when they realize they can't beat the registered voter who's a legal gun owner. So going up against the NRA, let me tell you something right now. I don't give two shits what the Democrats have said about the NRA. I wish I could afford membership with the NRA. I can't. Not right now. Maybe in a month or two I can, but right now, no. Um, the simple fact is, uh, I would sign up with the NRA in a New York minute. Why? Because it makes sense. I happen to be a gun owner. So I would like to have something like the NRA backing me up. So guess what? The Democrats have a big problem on their hands. They really do. See, they, they think, and this is where they make their biggest mistake, they think that they're always right. That being, you know, gun owners... We don't have a right to keep and bear arms. You know what they're afraid of. I'm sure I don't have to say it. They are afraid of the reason why the Second Amendment exists. Okay? The Second Amendment exists because of one reason to protect our to protect our rights our freedoms against a tyrannical government but to protect our our families our and our and our and our home and our property but more it's more than just that alone but you remember remember uh, a previous uh, fight that they they tried to say 
But the, the Second Amendment is not about hunting. Remember that gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. That was not about hunting. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well, the Second Amendment is designed to protect the First Amendment. By, I, I've often heard you say... And it's true. I believe that. Why? Because when it comes right down to it, the government tries the government Democrats try to take away our rights. And it's like I said in my talking points. We do have freedoms granted us by the Constitution of these United States of America granted us under the Bill of Rights and the first two amendments in the Bill of Rights as in the Constitution. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms. When it talks about the militia, who is the militia? The militia is we the people. That's simple. So, New York State Attorney General Letitia James, let me know what happened. Let me know how you feel when you lose to the NRA again, because New York State hasn't been able to beat them yet. So, lots of luck. Lots of luck. I see Royal WC has joined us in the Mixler chat room. Good evening, Royal. Now, I did say earlier in my talking points, I wanted to point something out to everyone. I haven't done this in a while, but it's the definitions of democracy and republic. We are a constitutional republic. There is no denying that. But everybody and their brother, from the media to the, dem- to the politicians to, uh, well, you name it. It's been said. Now, what is okay? I'm going to show you the definitions in just a second here. All right. First, I want to show you the definition of democracy. And for those of you listening by way of radio, a democracy 
is a system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. Okay? Now, that's what it says for democracy. Here's what it says for republic. A state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives, and which has an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. Which best describes what we are? Are we a constitutional republic or a democracy, as many claim we are? I think republic, a constitutional republic, speaks volumes. In fact, let's look up constitutional republic and see what we get. should be very enlightening. Allow me to show you what it says here. A constitutional republic is a state where the chief executive and representatives are democratically elected by the people, and the rules are set down in a written constitution. The Constitution limits the power of each office holder. Constitutional republics usually have a separation of powers. Hmm. I do believe that describes what America is, doesn't it, Gunn? Well, that's all, that's what I've always thought. <laughs> you know, pretty much hits the nail on the head there. So why do people keep pushing that we're a democracy when we're a constitutional republic? Well, you know, I mean, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're a constitutional republic, republic means rule of law, okay? It, it is what the law says. That's the way they designed it. I mean, if you're guilty of treason, then you get the rope. That's the law. That's a republic. That's why the founding fathers put that little that little clause in the Constitution. Okay, the penalty for treason is death by hanging. Go look it up. I didn't make it; they did. Founding fathers did. So they put that in there because you know, you know, it, it's it's the rule of law. But the law still exists. That law is still in full force effect even today. But they don't use that old law. We got that corporate law. This is why they're able to get rid, get away with all this shit. If people demanded they go back to the real law, half of these motherfuckers would be hanging from a damn tree. You know they would. Go ahead. Well, the jury is still out on corporate law. 
and, and as uh, some have have said, I personally do not believe that America is under a corporate law structure. We are a constitutional republic. We are a constitutional country. We are a country of laws that are derived from the Constitution of the United States of America. Now, many people wonder about that, what you, about that one item, okay, when it comes to treason. So I looked up, what is the penalty for treason? Whoever, owing allegiance to the United States, levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere, is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than $10,000. Now, there's more to it than that, so let me pull up what Cornell Law School has written in there. Now, let me just uh, bump it up a little bit. The last part of that says, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. So, if you are found guilty of treason, okay, I'll read this part again. Whoever, owing allegiance to the United States, levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort, within the United States or elsewhere, is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than $10,000 and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. Now, there are a lot of folks who say that Barack Obama committed treason. There are many who say that Hillary Clinton committed treason. That many of these Democrats have, in one one form or another, committed treason. We can say that, but proving that is the is the difficult task. The evidence is quite clear for some of these folks. When Barack Obama released $150 billion to Iran, even though it was their money, he still gave aid and comfort to a potential enemy of the United States. Does that mean he's guilty of treason? I believe it does. Let 
when he bowed to the Saudi king and kissed his ring, so to speak. I don't know whether that constitutes treason, but it sure was stupid on his part. And apologizing for our involvement in World War II was a huge mistake to make. Now, whether that constitutes treason or not is hard to say. At least I can't say it with any certainty. But it certainly was the dumbest comment he ever made, or one of many. So, treason, let me warn you right now, if, you be, if you're a traitor to this country, you better hope you never get found guilty of it. Because the penalty... One of, the, one of the, the big penalty for it is death. And the only death penalty maneuver that they can use under, by law is hanging by the neck until dead. Now, why is hanging by a rope still the preferred punishment for treason? Why hasn't that been changed? to say lethal injection or even before lethal injection when the electric chair was being used. Old Sparky sure would have lit up their lives briefly. What do you think, Gunn? Well, you know, they said they use that. I mean, there's there's a room in the courthouse in Dallas at the main courthouse, the old courthouse. Uh, it, they got a hanging rope in there. They used to hang people right there in downtown Dallas. Okay. <laughs> Most old quarter, county courthouses still have that because that was the justifiable way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like that kid or that, that dude that shot that kid. That would have got him swinging, okay? No doubt about it. He, within 24 hours, he would have been swinging, okay? Um, it's just justice. The rope equals justice. It did in the Old West. You go out there and you steal a man's horse, they'd hang you for it, okay? Literally. They would literally hang you for it. Or you go out there and steal a, a, a rancher's cows or something like that. They'd hang you for it. Because it sends a powerful message, very powerful. Right? Lethal injection. I mean, there's no thrilling. Okay, there's just you're gone. That's it. But back then, they actually you've seen the old westerns, okay, where they built the hangman's noose as the as the guy looking out the jail window, looking at it, looking at him building that hangman noose. What do you think's going through his mind? <laughs> Go ahead. You know, I, I've seen in you know movies where they depicted hangings and so forth, and I remember watching uh, a couple of old westerns where hanging was the preferred uh, choice for murderers and so forth, 
And I thought to myself, the last thing they hear before their neck is snapped by that rope, I'm willing to bet, is the beating of their own heart as it beats rapidly because of the fear that their life is about to be extinguished. I still have, to this day, the raw video footage of Saddam Hussein being hung by the neck. Yes, folks, I do have that video footage. I'm almost guarantee, I can almost guarantee it's long since gone off of YouTube. But if it's not, you might want to look for it. It's gruesome. It's horrific. But when a person like Saddam Hussein deserved it, well, it's like that old saying, karma is a bitch. And karma bit him in the ass. So if you commit treason... God help you, because he's the only one who can. Now then. Everybody's talking about... uh, Biden's VP pick. But I'm going to take us back a little ways. Remember when Kamala Harris said she believed women who accused Biden of inappropriate touching? She said, I believe them and I respect them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. Okay? So, Kamala Harris, who was announced as presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden's running mate, once said that she believed women who accused Biden of inappropriate touching. I believe them, and I respect them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it, a California senator told reporters in April 2019. Biden had been accused by a number of women of inappropriate touching and kissing including a Nevada politician who said he came up behind her at a 2014 campaign stop and kissed her on the back of her head. He's going to have to make that decision for himself, Harris said when asked if Biden, who hadn't announced a presidential bid at that point, 
should still run. I wouldn't tell him what to do. Biden released a video addressing the allegations at the time in which he said, social norms are changing. I understand that. And I've heard what these women are saying. Politics to me has always been about making connections, but I will be more mindful about respecting personal space in the future. That's my responsibility and I will meet it. Funny he still didn't quite do the job when he he was it didn't take long before he was at it again down the road of course so <clears throat> nearly a year later Biden would be accused of sexual assault by former aide Tara Reid which is the most serious allegations he had faced and one he vehemently denied Kamala Harris, who had by that point dropped out of the presidential race, said that Reed has a right to tell her story. She said on the San Francisco Chronicle podcast, and I believe that, and I believe Joe Biden believes that too. Women must be able to speak without fear of retaliation. However, she also said that she could only speak to the Joe Biden I know. He's been a lifelong fighter in terms of stopping violence against women. Uh, Right. Sure. The Joe Biden I know is somebody who really has fought for women and empowerment of women and for women's equality and rights. This is what Kamala Harris has, has said. On the same podcast, she said about her status in the Veep Stakes that she would be honored to serve with Joe. Now, wait a minute. Back up the bus, Gus. Gunslinger. Did you hear the same? Do you did you hear in these words the same thing I heard? Double talk and even a hint of near flip flopping, or is it just me? Gun. 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 Hmm. I hear something, but I but he's not saying nothing. Hmm. I don't know. But folks, somebody page me. Yeah. Did you hear anything that was said? Well, I heard something about Kamala Harris. Yeah, you know, what's her name? Yeah, or his bad vice president picks. Like I said. Yeah. Pool, abortion pool, dumb nut. 
point another dumb nut. I mean, what do you, I think it's hilarious. You know. Well, but in in, in looking at, in looking back about a year ago, it was Kamala Harris who said that when it came to uh, to to women, you know, you know, and and the accusations that women levied against Biden at the time, how she believed them and she respects them being, for being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. Okay? And then, of course, you know, I mean, Biden was accused by a number of women for inappropriate touching and kissing, including by a, by a Nevada politician who said he came up behind her at a 2014 campaign stop and kissed her on the back of the head. And this is the guy they want, that Democrats want in the Oval Office? Gets crazier. Look at and just about a year later when Biden's accused by Tara Reid of sexual assault. And this was the most serious allegations that he faced at the time, and one he vehemently denied. But Harris, who had by that point dropped out of the presidential race, said that Reed has a right to tell her story. And she said, and I believe that, and I believe Joe Biden believes that too. This is what she said on a San Francisco Chronicle podcast before saying that women must be able to speak without fear of retaliation. But what happened to Tara Reid after that? So, while I try to find what happened to Tara Reid, your thoughts. Well, you know, like I said, that's uh, they're they're all hypocrites. Okay, you know that they do the same thing. It's okay for them, but it's not okay for anybody else. Okay, so anybody that would pick somebody like that, I you know, oh well, (laughs) they're not going to win anyway. We know that, which is massive voter fraud. But you know. Picking that, it's like I said, it's amazing. One dumbass picks another dumbass. It's it's still a dumbass, whether you whether you like it or not. But uh, well, what do, you, what do you expect from creepy old Joe? I mean, that, that's it, that says it right there. Wow. And yet, this is the this, this is the the guy that the Democrats want to run for the White House along with Camel Toe Harris. Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe Harris. Boy, they make a perfect pair, don't they? One's asleep at the switch. The other one, well, trust me, she's not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer. But then again, what Democrat is? 
You know? I mean, I, I don't understand why people feel it's necessary to go with somebody that they know has issues going into this election battle. Are the Democrats so desperate, so fucking desperate to take the White House that they're willing to overlook what Joe Biden has done in the past? Is, is, are they that naive? Or is it just me, Gunn? Gunslinger, are you there? Gunslinger, did you disappear on me again? interim I will take a break and we'll be right back in just a hot New York minute don't you dare go away we'll be right back there I was in my business suit all dressed up just uptight as I could possibly be and I don't remember much of what was said at that first AA meeting It was more the feeling of the meeting itself. That's what has kept me going. I know it works, and I see the people ahead of me with more sobriety. I see how happy they are, and I want that. I want that, too. And what I notice about AA is it sort of helps me to relax and learn to really be happy with my sobriety. It's a richer life to live. That's exactly what Alcoholics Anonymous does. It teaches us how to live without drinking. It teaches us how to have fun and really enjoy life without drinking. This program's given me the good life. The only good life I've ever known. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or AA.org. Have you ever wondered what the secret to being a great dad is? Well, here's a clue. Dad is a verb. It's not just something you are, it's something you do. Like hanging out, and listening, and laughing, and reading and playing. Boy, do kids love playing. But mostly, kids love dads who take the time to be there. That's the secret. 
Give them your time. A message from the National Fatherhood Initiative, the Ad Council, and Firefox News Online who asks, Have you been a dad today? Attention parents of young children. The following is a partial list of things that are probably happening in your backseat that you are completely unaware of. A food item is probably being stuffed into a crack. A strange sticky substance is being spread everywhere. Deep, sustained nasal exploration. Someone is probably making faces. Hitting. Hitting back. The cleaning of muddy shoes. <laughs> Something is probably spilling. Gum is lodging in hair. And your kids are probably riding in car seats that are being used incorrectly. In fact, three out of four kids are not as safe as they should be. But the latch system is in most cars and makes it easier to get it right. Just attach the top tether and the lower anchors. The ones down near the old sandwich and the melted down crayons. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Sergeant George Senzer, honorably discharged veteran of the State Defense Force, the New York Guard. Now, I've got a few questions for you. First of all, are you at least 18 years of age or older? Second of all... Are you in reasonably good health? But most important of all, are you a New York State resident looking to serve your country? If you are, then have I got a great idea for you. Join the New York Guard. The New York Guard is a state defense force operated and funded by the state of New York through the Division of Military and Naval Affairs. And the New York Guard has a long and illustrious history dating back as far as World War I. I served two tours of active duty with the New York Guard on September 11, 2001, the day of the most horrendous attack on our nation since Pearl Harbor. I was proud to serve with the New York Guard. I served with them for six years, and I made a difference. You can too. Make a difference. Join the New York Guard today. Go to www.dmna.ny.gov slash nyg. That's dmna.ny.gov slash nyg. Click on the link Enlistment Resources, download the recruitment package, fill out the application, send it back, and be sure to contact the recruiters letting them know that you have a desire to serve and that you've sent back the completed application. The New York Guard, New York State's Defense Force, protecting the residents of the state of New York and helping them through emergencies and times of natural disaster. Join the New York Guard today and make a difference. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance, and the millions around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hi, 
This is Alvin as Alvin and the Chipmunks. And you're listening to Firefox News Online on blogtalkradio.com. Take it away, George. This is Simon from Alvin and the Chipmunks. And you're listening to Firefox News Online on blogtalkradio.com. Call 347-945-5747. And be sure to tell George Simon sent you. <laughs> Broadcasting from New York, the Empire State, you're listening to Firefox News Online. And we're back here at Firefox News Online. Yes, indeed. We are live, large, and in charge from our studios here in the Hudson Valley and recognized globally as the number one Internet radio and Internet video broadcast the world over. And believe me, that's not, a, that's not just boasting. That's... <laughs> That is that is fact. I've got the stats to back it up. You know, Firefox News Online has been around a long time, and you know we we really uh, we try very hard uh, we try hard to to bring you a, a quality broadcast. Um, and if you like what we do here, if you truly like what we do here, well, let me um, share with you a couple of um, important ways that you can help keep this broadcast alive. Okay? <clears throat> the first is by, is where you can find the Firefox News Online logo, okay, and that is by going to cafepress.com slash the FFNO eStore. Okay, that's cafepress.com slash the FFNOE store. Now there, you can find a whole, a whole bunch of great stuff. And I do mean great stuff. And all of it has the Firefox News Online logo uh, right, on, right on there. And, of course, there's another way to help as well. And that's to go to paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. That's paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. And, of course, you go there and... You can uh, make a direct donation. All donations through the paypal.me slash Firefox News Online page are not, I repeat, not tax deductible. Uh, We are not set up for that. But it's a way to help keep this show on the air. Now, all the proceeds from the Cafe Press site go right back into the broadcast. All donations made through PayPal, same thing. 
I don't get paid for what I do. Seriously, I don't draw, I don't draw a paycheck. You know why? Because I've been doing this for so many years that I've, I, I, just, I just love what I do. So be sure to go to paypal.me slash firefoxnewsonline or go to cafepress.com slash the FFNOE store. Help keep Firefox News Online going. If you like what we do, that's the way to help. All right? Well, there's that. We have approximately an hour and three minutes left on the Blog Talk Radio side, an hour and three minutes remaining. And, of course, there is a way to join in the conversation. 347-945-1450. 347-945-5747. If you happen to listen to us in archives, you can also send your comments and thoughts on what you've heard here on the broadcast by writing to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. All right? And if your comments are chosen, they will be read on the next broadcast or a future broadcast of Firefox News Online. Be sure to put the date, of the original air date of the broadcast. Or at the very least, the date you heard it or watched it. Indicate in the subject line the date and, important, let me know what subject you're referring to. Also, let us know who you are and where you're writing from. Okay? And with that, looking at the chat room, I've got Gunslinger and Royal WC hanging out with me there. Watching by way of Periscope.tv is Cherokee Rose. And, of course, watching us by way of DLive, Iggy Mom is watching. So thank you all for tuning in and all of you who watch and listen by archives as well. Now, let me see. There is something else we need to look at, yeah? So let's, oh. This item looks like it, it should be the next item. Looks like uh, Ilhan Omar beats back Democratic primary challenge in Minnesota. Omar had been outraised by her opponent, Anton Melton Mayox. I think that's how it's pronounced. But apparently, on Tuesday... Omar defeated her Democratic primary challenger, attorney Anton Melton Mayx, who garnered attention for outraising her during the campaign, according to the Associated Press. The race has gotten attention in recent weeks. Melton Mayx 
said he supported Omar's first run for Congress in 2018, but criticized her for the number of votes she missed. She has been ineffective in Washington because she is divisive, and she's focused on her celebrity. This is what he told the Associated Press. Excuse me. As a member of the four-woman progressive squad in Congress, Omar was elected as one of the first Muslim-American women in Congress, along with Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat from Michigan. Her outspoken criticism of President Trump and advocacy for far-left ideas have gained national attention and the attention surrounding the Somali-born progressive lawmaker. And her Twitter feed have made her a target of Republicans and even some fellow Democrats. So she beat her Democratic challenger in in this primary. But does she stand a snowball's chance come November? I'd like to get some thoughts from Gunslinger on that one. Gun, what do you see, how do you see this playing out, not just for Ilhan Omar, but for all four members of the squad who may have uh, re-election bids coming up in November? How do you see them faring in this election? Well, if the people that supposedly voted her in is as stupid again to vote her in, then, well, <laughs> stupid does or stupid does, don't it? I mean, the people up here in Michigan ain't too bright, okay, I'm sorry, to vote in something like that. Uh, it's, it's just mind-boggling that people in that area would be so damn stupid to vote in somebody like that. It's just it just blows my mind. It literally blows my mind. And what has she done? Nothing but cause trouble. That's it. Anti-American. Goes against everything that American stands for. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, yeah, duh. But they get what they deserve. I always say. Go ahead. I think what we're we're faced with is, you know, the possibility that she could get reelected through a stolen election. Let's not forget, these Democrats are tied around the neck by the noose of a possible fraudulent election with using mail-in ballots, which I firmly believe is the biggest mistake they could make. Because if they commit voter fraud through mail-in ballots and it's discovered, the American people are going to be up in arms and these folks will not survive the onslaught. They will end up getting their asses handed to them Big time, and rightly so. But 
we're not hearing about, and this, and this is something that needs to be addressed too. The Board of Elections in every single city, in every single state, needs to let the American people know in their respective districts if there's going to be a voting booth open to them or not. If it turns out that many places decide to not put voting machines out, uh, well, you know what? That's a mistake. Because then I cannot trust the legitimacy of the election at all. I don't think a lot of other people will either. Go ahead. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's going to be an interesting situation. Either way, however it plays out. Uh, my opinion still stands. I think Trump's going to win in a landslide. Uh, idiot one and two can debate him all day long. <laughs> they ain't going to win, okay? Because they, they can't do anything. They're going to, Trump's going to cut both of them up with a, two, with a single-edged sword, Okay. They'd be walking a cave, walking apart. Okay. I I don't see any other way of doing it except massive voter fraud. And are them people capable of doing it? Well, of course, they're Democrats. They're <laughs> they're just that dishonest, very dishonest. Go ahead. Well, you know. We keep hearing about how mail-in balloting and mail-in votes. Um, are a dangerous concept given the fact that they can be easily manipulated. All right? So on that premise, okay, on that premise, who will be the ones watching to see if voter fraud is being committed? Okay? These political parties should not have their hands on any of the ballots. Okay, it should be done by election officials that have no political ties, whatever. But the question becomes, how do we combat that possibility that someone is under the thumb of the Democrats? Gun. And that's going to be the $64,000 question. Who's going to watch the watchers? Um, how do you think they will? Hell, that's why they're doing it. That's why they want the, the mail-in ballot. ballot so they can cheat. They're nothing but cheaters. Um, like I said, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation either way. Like I said, I'm still confident that Trump's going to win hands down. Um, that'll be another four more years now. After four more years, we may be up shit creek without a battle again if these assholes get back in power. Because they'll try to, they'll do, they'll undo everything that Trump has done. Okay, you know, whether it's, well, everything he's done is good, as far as I can see. Okay, but just out of spite, they'll do it. Because that's how fucked up his head now. And it's just fucking amazing. It really is. Well, yeah, I mean, we've already heard 
how Democrats are willing to uh, undo everything that he's done. We already know that they already made that clear. You know? And that that should tell the American people right there that if you can just undo everything, which you know, President Trump did the same thing. He did undo a lot of the Obama BS that was out that you know that Obama put out there. But the sad reality is the next president who's not who ends up being a Democrat after Trump is done, the same thing could happen. And we could all this country could be right back in the proverbial shithole that it's that, that Obama turned it into when he held the office of president hostage for eight years solid. And that's where that's where this this whole thing about the potential of voter fraud has to be addressed. All right. They need we the American people have a right to choose who we want to represent us in the White House. Okay? We have that right. No politician, no political party has the right to decide for us through voter fraud who represents us. That's why I firmly believe these elections... These, these, these. If they go with mail-in ballots, then the board of elections should have someone, as I said, not connected to any political party, counting those ballots. And then there was talk. I don't know if you heard about this, of, of possibly people being allowed to use their cell phones to vote. And especially in cases like presidential elections. All right? Now the question is, should that be an option or not? I personally think that using a computer or a cell phone is a bad idea. When it comes to voting in general Alright I really believe that that would be a mistake But there are people out there who, who Are actually in favor of that What do you think? Gun Gunslinger. Gunslinger, let's go.
Gunslinger, are you out there? Ladies and gentlemen, I need to... uh... Oh, he went to the kitchen. Thanks. You could have said something on, you know, verbally, sir, instead of making me call on you 60,000 times. Boy. I take my mic. Well, I have my micro. I have a microphone that's on a long cord. See, I have a microphone that's on a nice long cord, folks. See this? And this thing goes all the way to the Firefox News Online kitchen. And I can still do what I got to do. So. I know, I'm being silly. I'm entitled. <sighs> Anyway, while we wait for Gunslinger to return, let me see. Is there anything else going on here? Well, let's see. Looking through some of the other headlines. Oh, sorry. Who is this? wasn't fair. One of the victims of the uh, looting in Chicago, a uh, Chicago boutique, who had been looted twice in three months, calls for help. And saying we are not equipped to defend our store. Okay. Now, <clears throat> as a society, we can't go down the, that path where we are where we are all either defending ourselves or stealing from each other. All right. So I want to I want to put this article out there. I want you to pay close attention, folks. Because um, again, this this is the result of what's happening in our society. This Chicago boutique owner spoke out Tuesday after they were looted this week for the second time in three months, sustaining merchandise losses worth more than $25,000. Londo Mondo, owners Carrie and Ken Lund, (coughs) told reporters their store was initially looted in May during unrest following the death of George Floyd. At the time, the couple were preparing to reopen their shop. 
which was already reeling from the effects of coronavirus lockdown orders. The store was looted. Excuse me a second. Damn it. Try that one more time. The store was looted for a second time at 2.30 a.m. Monday when intruders took more than $25,000 worth of merchandise from the women's fashion boutique. Two days before we were supposed to reopen, a wave of looters happened, Carrie Lund, and said, well, then we were back up and open. Two days later, unfortunately, it happened again, and this time much worse. On Monday, members of the Chicago Black Lives Matter organization held a rally to support the more than 100 people arrested the night before following widespread looting and rioting that caused at least $60 million in property damage and saw 13 police officers injured. At one point, Ariel Atkins, Black Lives Matter organizer, called the looting tantamount to reparations, telling the crowd, I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or Macy's or a Nike store, because that makes sure that person eats. That makes sure that person has clothes. That is reparations. Anything they wanted to take, they can take it because these businesses have insurance. As the violence escalated throughout Sunday night, Ken Lond said he was forced to protect his store with a cell phone in, in, with a cell phone in my hand, pretending I was on the phone with the police because the police were not there. I know that they are trying to do their best, but from what, I, from what I understand, they are told not to engage and stop these thieves unless personal harm was being threatened or done to individuals, is what Ken Lond stated. So there has been no increased police presence that I have noticed since the first riots, and that needs to and that needs to happen. Asked to, to impart a final message to the looters who repeatedly destroyed their business that took over 30-plus years to build up, Carrie Lawn said, lawlessness is not the answer. It's not going to get better for us as a society. To have people stealing from people because it forces us into a militant state, and we are not equipped. We are, a, we are business owners. We are not equipped to defend our stores. So it can't happen that way, she argued. And as a society, we can't go down that path where we are all either defending ourselves or stealing from each other. It is just not the way we can survive and evolve. So here's a business owner who's had $25,000 of merchandise stolen 
Ariel Atkins, a BLM organizer, justifying the looting of stores because people need to eat. People need clothes. Get a fucking job, you lazy bastards. That's what I say to you. Get a fucking job. I don't know. Gunslinger, what what do you think? Well, like I said, these people, they're bottom dwellers in the scum pond, okay? Why don't they go out and get a job? Because it's easier to steal from somebody than to go out there and get gainful employment, okay? This is why we have criminals in this society. And this is why people carry a gun, like myself. Um, because, you know, I work hard for my shit, what I had. Okay? Nobody gave it to me, okay? Um, my dad bought me my first car, but after that, it said, you're on your own. Okay. But after that, you know, these people, they just, like I said, they would rather steal, they would rather do their dope, sell their dope, whatever, shit out ten loads of kids so they could all get welfare and suck on the government city, okay? Uh, until that changes, how's it going to change? <laughs> Logically, it's not, okay? Because as long as these people do this and stole $25,000, that's a goddamn felony, okay? You can get shot for that. Very quickly, it was my store. Okay. So, what do you? What do these people expect? Do they expect a handout? Do they expect things to be given to them? What is that? That's called socialism, isn't it? Be with. Um, they, like I said, just like these protesters that are, you know, this is what seventy-one days, seventy-two days. Where in the fuck do they get the goddamn energy? Don't they fucking work? Oh, no, they don't. They live in Mama's basement sucking on her tits. Then they come out at night. I mean, I, 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 I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's fucking amazing. Go ahead. There is a, there's a fine line that should never be crossed. And these... BL, these Antifa BLM thugs keep crossing that proverbial line time and again. And it's, it seems like Gunslinger, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no way to reassure the, you know, these business owners, the people in the community that have built up businesses and live in the community. You know, there's no way to reassure them that it's, it's going to be okay, that things will get better. Because at the rate things are going, they're not. Because the politicians keep tying the hands of the police. And that's got to stop. That has got to fucking stop. You know? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what better way to put it. I mean, is it just me or, you know... 
stupidity has, has entered into the brain cells of those who don't know any better. And fear is gripping those who don't know how to fight back or may not have the means to fight back. And the police, where are they? Their hands are being tied by politicians. And that's got to stop. Agreed? Oh, yeah, it's got to stop. I mean, if it, if it don't stop, the law-abiding citizens, just like Noah has said many, many times, we're going to go out and we're going to take trash out. And if anybody gets in their way, it's going to be hell, okay? Because if you won't do it, by God, I will, okay? You better stay the fuck out of my goddamn way, right? And that, it, may, it may come down to that, okay? I mean, I, when you, I mean, pick one. I mean, gee whiz, raising bridges in Chicago to keep the goddamn craziness from spreading. I, wow, that was amazing. Same typical shit, okay? But where is it, I, where's the end of it? I'm, just, I'm going, I'm sitting there going, okay? I've never seen any such craziness in my entire life. It's crazy. Okay? Okay, you made your point. Now stop. <clears throat> okay? You're not fucking representing shit. You are Now you are. You become a criminal now. <clears throat> and criminals can get shot. They get shot every fucking day. Okay? But it looks like there's going to have to be more. <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> Oh, George. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. That would help. I, I turned my mic down because I, I, I was making adjustments, and I didn't want the adjustments to uh, get, you know, to overrun the audio. Uh, look, the, I, there, there are legal gun owners, I'm sure, in the state of Illinois, especially in the city of Chicago, Illinois. So... The, the question becomes, how many gun laws have, have them so scared to, to even pull their weapon in self-defense? Is it similar to what we deal with here in New York State? Is it worse? Because let's remember, the state of Illinois is a liberal state. So now the question becomes, can these homeowners, can these business owners, if they are carrying firearms, if they have a uh, if they have a nine mil or a three fifty seven or or even a shotgun for that matter, can they defend their home and business without fear of going to jail because they because they had to take down an animal? that was looting their stores or, or home invading their, their residence. What, I mean, do, is Chicago that bad where people have to live in fear constantly? I suspect it is. Go ahead. I got a pretty good idea that it is. I, I think it's just as bad, bad as New York. Chicago's got some of the toughest gun laws, just like New York does. 
how's that working out for you? Okay, <clears throat> it's not. All right. Um, just like that couple up there in Missouri. You know, look at what this is. The these are the prosecutors, persecutors. The federal government should come in and drag that bitch out in handcuffs and charge her with federal crimes. Okay, I would be all for that. Okay, because that is you got to be kidding me. I mean, Trump bound to know. He he bound to have known about it. And he's probably sitting there, what the fuck, you dumb motherfucking bitch? What are you trying to do? Okay? That only goes to show you that 99%, of Democrats are a fucking dumbass. Okay? And look at the fucking Democratic-controlled fucking liberal city, Chicago, New York. Okay? All these fucking screwball cities that has these... Crazy ass gun laws that you can't even protect yourself. I'm sorry, I'd leave. I, no, 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 fuck you. There's no way I would fucking live in a goddamn place knowing that I can't even protect myself if somebody tries to break into my fucking house. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Well, like I've said many times. I may not be able to carry a carry a weapon outside my home, but while I'm inside my house, you better believe if somebody tries breaking into my house, they're only going to get one warning. You come in, you'll go out again, but with a toe tag. I will not be I will not be afraid to say, to defend my home and defend my life. Well, here's here's you another classic example of how the change can occur. It happened here in Texas. Okay, years ago, before Texas established the uh, castle doctrine, you can still legally defend your house. Absolutely, yeah, you bet you. If somebody was breaking in your door or your window, under the, under Texas law, they would have to be inside your home before you could use deadly force. Okay, they would have to actually crawl in a window or broke down a door and be inside the premises. Okay, before you could use deadly force. Somebody down there in Austin wised up and they passed the Texas Castle Doctrine laws. Okay, now that you don't have to be inside the house. Okay. You catch somebody breaking into your fucking outhouse, you can use deadly force in Texas to protect your property, right? An outhouse is your property, isn't it? Of course it is, okay? Your garage, your shop, I mean, your vehicle. Somebody's out there trying to take the wheels off your fucking vehicle. Well, that's my fucking vehicle. That's an extension of my home. You can use deadly force, okay, at night. Uh, I'm in New York. <laughs> you go to prison. Well, 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 we don't we we don't have an outhouse. We don't have outhouses up here. At least not that I'm aware of, anyway. I mean, uh, maybe on a farm somewhere, but you know, I I I I, I catch. I, I understand what you're saying. Sadly, New York State does not have the, a castle doctrine law. Okay, because we are predominantly run by liberals in this state. And we have a governor that's got about as much brain matter as a dead flea. 
I'm sorry that there's very little that we can do here, but let's bear in mind that the people of Chicago, we're, we're, and that's what we're talking about here, are caught between a rock and a hard place. They have police in Chicago. Now, either their hands are tied or they're overwhelmed or both. I suspect it may be both. The reason I say both, Gunslinger, is because it is a liberal city. And because it's a liberal-run city, the cops have their hands full. They may not be allowed to do certain things. They may have been told, oh, they're just peaceful protesters. You can't intervene. Yes, peaceful protesters. That's what they're calling rioters, looters. Peaceful protesters. If that's the politician's definition of a peaceful protest, I'm the man from Mars. You know what I'm saying, Gun? Well, I'm the, I'm the idiot from Jupiter, then. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's true. I mean, it's very, very true. I mean, I, I really, well, in a way, I feel sorry for those people. In a way, I don't. Because you voted them dumb fucks in there. Okay? And <clears throat> your crime rate has skyrocketed. There's no, you know, any hope of doing any fucking type of gun defense or anything. Like I said, you could, y'all could have that fucking New York and Chicago, all them fuckers, them dumb fuckers, they're just a waste of good space, okay? Because I don't think they'll ever change, okay? As long as liberalism is around, liberal Democrats are around, how can it change because you're outnumbered 100 to 1, okay? If it was the other way around, well, you might have a, you might stand a, you might stand a chance there. But when you have a complete democratic, liberal city, a democratic liberal governor, democratic liberal prosecutors, fuck. That's like goddamn going out there and trying to uproot the goddamn Empire State Building and haul it on your back down the road. Is that going to happen? No. Okay. So, when you it's best to go someplace where you at least you know you got a fighting chance. Okay, just like here in Texas when they changed that when they changed the self defense laws. Okay, that was a fucking win win. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> and after, unfortunately, it took a lot of people to die at, at the Colleen down here at Luby's that time. That lady that was in there with her parents, she watched both her parents get gunned down by this fucker. Well, she was instrumental in getting the CHL in Texas passed, okay, believe it or not. Huh. Good for that. So you, you you need to go to a state where you have a fighting chance at defeating these motherfuckers. But in New York, 
Chicago, L.A., just to name a few, okay? I'm sorry, you ain't got a snowball chance in hell, okay? I don't, how can you? I mean, if they keep multiplying and keep multiplying their screwball, draconian ideas, and you're trying to vote them out, and all your other idiots over there, fellow New Yorkers or whatever, are just as fucked up in the head as they are, birds of a feather fuck together, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, really. I'm going to share. I'm going to share on the video feed something that I that I came that I just came across. Okay. Uh, this this information comes from SafeWise.com. Okay. I'm going to put the link in the chat room. Also. For, for those of you uh, in Mixler that want to take a look at this. And sorry you had to see the chat room, folks, on the video side. That was, uh, that's unfortunate. I did not mean to do that, but that's okay. It's no harm, no foul, I'm sure. But here are the, mo- the, here are the 10 most dangerous metro areas in America for 2020 according to safewise.com Anchorage Alaska is number is is number 1 uh, let me I'm going I'm going to go down the list at from from the from top, from number 10 on up at number 10 Mobile Alabama at number 9 Corpus Christi Texas at number 8 Shreveport Bossier City Louisiana Spokane, Spokane Valley, Washington at number seven. At number six, Detroit, Dearborn, Livonia, Michigan. At number five, Lubbock, Texas. At number four, Wichita, Kansas. At number three, Memphis, Tennessee. Number two is Albuquerque, New Mexico. And at the number one, the number one most dangerous metro area in America currently by this by this list is Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska? You, you heard me right. I put the link in the chat room. What? Take a look for yourself. What the fuck are they doing in Anchorage, Alaska besides chasing around goddamn polar bears? Uh, Anchorage ain't that big. Never been there, but but look at the population. Look it up. It, it's not a, it's not a big fucking place. No, it's Except not. And even even no. Lubbock, Texas, and Corpus Christi, they ain't that big. I know. I've been there. I don't think I've ever been to Lubbock. Been to Corpus Christi down there. And that's weird. Wow. Now, the most dangerous metros. According to violent crime, median violent crime rate, 8.4 per 1,000 people. National violent crime rate is 3.7 per 1,000 people. Most dangerous metros, property crime, 40.1 per 1,000 people. 
on the median property crime rate, and the national property crime rate is 22.0 per 1,000 people. Okay? So when you look at this list, and I scroll back up to it, it says right at the top of the list, for the purposes of this report, the terms dangerous and safest refer explicitly to crime rates as calculated from FBI crime data. No other characterization of any community is implied or intended. But since this list came out, I'm sure that New York, because of what's happened in New York, where the crime rate, where, where violent crimes have increased and, and the, the amount has, is basically surpassed the uh, combination of 2018 and 2019, as I pointed out the other night, well, guess what? It doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if these 10 places, if, if the list of 10 that I just presented here is a small sampling of, of it, well, guess what? Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, New York City, Chicago, I think they, they would be tied for the number one most dangerous metro area in America currently. What do you think of that, Gunn? Well, uh, that's, that's hard to believe. I, I don't know what to say about that. Really, I don't see how that Anchorage, Alaska... Boyd's always talking about that. You know, I think he lives up there around Anchorage. I don't ever hear of him ever saying that, you know, they're shooting in the street and murder every other day and all this shit. Y'all know he lives there. Huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I mean, I, wow, a little weird. <laughs> it's, it's more than just weird. It's outright insane. So, there, I mean, folks, what we're talking about here is, quite frankly, you know, surprising that Anchorage, Alaska is considered the most dangerous metro area. I mean, that's, that, that to me is shocking. That is. That's outright shocking. I mean, how in the hell does... Because I never get, I never see any stories coming out of Anchorage, Alaska, when it comes to violent crime. Okay, I never do, and I don't know of anybody else. I, I don't know of anybody that has. But then again, you know, we live in very dangerous times. What I find fascinating 
And believe me when I tell you, I find it more than just fascinating. I find it outright insane is you have uh, you have the um, you you have you have the the media that is mum when it comes to stuff like this. I'll tell you what, I haven't done this in a while, so let's take a look at the fake news as it comes from as it comes from CNN and MSNBC. Something we haven't done in quite some time. And I think it's good for a laugh. And believe me, when it comes to the liberal media, it is a laugh. So, starting with MSNBC, of course, or as No Way likes to call it, MSLSD. Of course, they're, they're, they're the big banner item. And I'm going to show this on the uh, screen here. Just a second, folks. Here we go. Let me show you what, what the so-called news organizations are putting out there. You've got... MSNBC in big announcement about Joe Biden selecting Kamala Harris as his running mate. Obama reacts to Biden-Harris ticket. Joe Biden nailed this decision. That's what Obama says about it. Not that I really care what Obama says, but you know that's. The, but look, you look at this. This is what this is what they're putting out there. All about Kamala Harris, Rachel Maddow, how Kamala Harris rose from California AG to VB, VP candidate. Lion Brian Williams, presidential historian, Harris is a walking rebuke of Trump's racism and misogyny. Boy, folks, you got to give these, these liberals a lot of credit. They sure come up with some winners there. And, of course, their, t- their latest stories all get shoved down to small headlines. One, one item that, about Kamala Harris... Uh, it says a pragmatic progressive different from Biden in many ways. I don't think so. Now let's take a look at CNN. Harris pick recasts future of democratic power structure. Democratic women and women of color 
who are the party's driving force, will see themselves represented. What they fail to acknowledge is the fact that the uh, many in the black community support President Trump. Many in the black community support President Trump. Okay? Of course, Ilhan Omar, they're talking about how she defeated her Democratic primary challenger in Minnesota. Oh, get a load of this. Florida police arrested an eight-year-old. This is according to CNN, mind you. Arrested an eight-year-old at school. His wrists were too small for handcuffs. What the fuck? Are they serious? Well, that's enough of the fake news from CNN and MSNBC, folks. Talk about the joke of the week. Unbelievable. <laughs> what do you think of that one, Gunslinger? They actually put a sto- they actually put a story out about a cop arresting an 8-year-old child in school. And how the handcuffs didn't fit his little wrists. <clears throat> what well, did this been, uh, really do? steal milk money? Must have, yeah. <laughs> that must have been a really, really um, badass fucking cop going around arresting eight-year-old children. Yeah, why don't you go get a fucking real job, bitch? Maybe like picking up beer cans or loading cans on the road. Or maybe even a trash engineer. I'd be about your speed, you know? God, these mm-hmm. yeah. Jeez. And CNN is the only one the, talking if, about it, too. Man, if the kid is big as a brick shithouse and causing trouble, you know, punching a teacher or, you know, fighting with other students or something, well, maybe. Okay. It had to be different circumstances, of course, but if it's just, man, I don't know. Crazy. Can you say crazy? Let's see here. Well, this comes from local10.com. Okay. Key West mom speaks as lawsuit file is filed over eight-year-old's arrest caught on camera. Boy with special needs was handcuffed at his elementary school in 2018. A federal lawsuit alleging civil and disability rights violations has been filed on behalf of Bianca N. DiGennaro, the mother of an eight-year-old special needs child who was arrested by police in Key West. The arrest took place in December 2018, but blew up on social media Monday after body-worn camera footage of it was posted on social media pages of noted Tallahassee civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump. Crump held a virtual news conference with DiGennaro on Tuesday saying the child suffered severe psychological injury 
as a result of the arrest at Gerald Adams Elementary School. My son has, has a disability, and the authorities tried to make him a criminal, DiGennaro said. I'm here for my son because I refuse to let them make him a convicted felon at the age of eight just because he was having a mental breakdown. Beyond the video that shows the three foot five, 64 pound boy being handcuffed, DiGennaro said her son's mouth was swabbed, his DNA and mugshot were taken, he was fingerprinted and then locked in a cell for several minutes. The arresting officer noted in the video that the boy's hands were too small to be cuffed. According to the arrest report, the boy was accused of punching a teacher in the chest after being reprimanded for not sitting correctly in the cafeteria during lunch. He was reportedly charged with felony... Oh, my God. Charged with felony battery. Those charges were eventually dropped. In their complaint, Crump and his legal team alleged that the boy, who is multiracial, has severe ADHD and diagnosed behavioral issues. They say the school knew and had educational and behavior plans in place that weren't followed. Oh, boy. Excuse me. Attorneys say the way he was reprimanded was improper, based upon his disabilities, calling the arrest excessive force. It is outrageous. It is shocking. And most of all, I believe it is unconstitutional, Crump said. He added, if this is swept under the rug and nobody speaks to it, this will happen again as it has happened before. DiGennaro says that when her son was getting arrested, she was in the hospital having a tumor removed. Her son's father was actually inside the school with the body cam video showing the moment the boy asks for his, asks for his, for his dad. Yeah. An officer told the boy that his father had left. Could you imagine a child thinking that their father just left them? Another plaintiff's attorney, Devin Jacobs, said, and that's what a police officer told him. That's disgusting. Defendants in the lawsuit include police officers involved in the arrest, including a, uh, including a school resource officer, a teacher, principal and assistant principal at the elementary school, as well as the Monroe County School District and the city of Key West. The Key West police chief says that based on the report, standard operating procedures were followed, and a spokesperson for the department says they are unable to comment on pending litigation. The Monroe County School District also declined to comment due to ongoing legal proceedings. 
Now, folks, there is there's a there there is a um, there is a video of this arrest, and I'm going to make it a point to try and get try and download the uh, news conference that was held. Uh, by by their by uh, DeGennaro's attorney, and I will try to have the audio of that available. Actually, the whole video I will present uh, during the course of tomorrow here on Firefox News Online's video platforms. So this way you can see exactly what's going on. But Gunslinger. This is in this is outrageous. This is absolutely criminal. Arresting the boy on a felony a, on a felony Hold on a second. Let me uh, Let me see if I can find the exact uh, wording here. I don't want to misquote anything. Let's see here. Trying to find that information. I just read the report. How do you like that? Trying to find the exact... uh... Wow, this... Oh, this is not fair. I had I had the information right here in front of me. But they they arrested this child, according to the report, for fel- on a felony charge. Okay. I mean, they swabbed the child's mouth, his DNA and mugshot, take, mugshot taken, he was fingerprinted, and then locked in a cell for several minutes. Okay? Uh, wow. I just saw this. I saw it in writing what they charged, what they were going to charge him with. Okay. Well, apparently, again, according to the report, ah, here it is, felony battery. He was re- he was reportedly charged with felony battery. Now those charges were eventually dropped, but this. There's a psychological component here. This is a child with special needs who suffers from ADHD and diagnosed behavioral issues. The school knew this. They are supposed. They had plans in place to, to deal with situations like this, and they didn't follow those plans at all. So, Gunslinger, answer me a question. Since when does a child with special needs become a fucking criminal? 
<clears throat> at the age of well, eight to be charged with felony battery. Well, you know, it's the the the, the cop should have used better judgment. Maybe <clears throat> these people that have these conditions should be in a special school and not in the, not in a general, you know, a general public school where they can handle things like this. Okay, um, two and three that you know they want an arrest record on on everybody if they could get it. It's just more of that track and trace bullshit. Oh, see what he did when he was eight years old? Oh, really? Hmm, we can hold that against him. Maybe he'll go into political realm or something. You know, oh, look at there. You you was arrested for felony battery when you was eight years old. Shame, shame. Just like they did with Trump, you know, going back 20 goddamn 30 fucking years where people or women that he supposedly inappropriately touch. And then all of a sudden they dry up and blow away like the fucking wind. Same thing. <clears throat> See? I I don't know. But it's pretty bad well, that they didn't follow their procedures or whatever they had. <clears throat> well, let me let me just say uh, uh for the record. Okay. This is going back in the seventies. All right. They didn't call it ADHD back then. They called it they just called it plain old hyperactivity. Okay? I got shoved into special education as a result because they not only took the um, the hyperactivity but they also claimed that I was a slow learner. They had to have two reasons, not just one. And going to special education screwed my education up royal. It fucked it up something fierce. All right? I didn't belong in special education. Today's schools, however, have the ability to deal with children with special needs. They have the ability to handle the situations. This school chose to ignore those those plans that were in place. Okay? A child with special needs can attend a regular school. There is no excuse to shove a child into a special school unless they are so severe that they need a school that specializes in behavioral, you know, behavioral learning. Okay? What I mean by behavioral learning is I went to, at one point in my, during my time in the school, back in the 70s, there was a school in Goldensbridge, New York, called Westchester Exceptional Children's. There they taught children with, who were hyperactive. They taught children who had certain uh, learning disabilities how to control their hyperactivity, not with medication, but actually with means that actually worked outside of medication. Okay. And I can safely say, without fear of contradiction, I was able to learn those methods of control of my hyperactivity and be able to go back. I was supposed to go back to regular school, but they shoved me back into BOCES, the Board of Cooperative Educational Services, special ed. Now, to look at me today, 
to listen to the way I speak, and a lot of people have, have told me over the years that I sound like I went to college, that I have a, uh, that I have a, high, uh, a, a very high vocabulary, and that I speak more intelligently than some, than some politicians. But that's because I'm self-taught in a lot of ways, too. I had to learn on my own. And I can safely say it paid off because other people noticed. This child's life has been upended. What happened to this child being charged with, a, with felony battery should never have taken place. Granted, they dropped the charges, but the emotional and psychological damage has already been done. This child could end up growing up to hate police as a result. I pray that doesn't happen. But as Cherokee Rose said in the, in the, on Periscope, oh, my God, wow, glad they dropped the, char- dropped the felony. But again, as I said, the emotional and psychological damage has already been done. So the parents are suing the school district, the principal, the assistant principal, the teacher, the police, the city. Good. I hope they win their case. I really do. Because what happened to this child should never have happened in the first place. Go ahead. Oh yeah, it never should. It never should happen. I hope they sue their fucking. I hope that they sue for every fucking dime they got, because that's what these people need. The only way you hurt these people like that is hurt them in the fucking pocketbook. Okay, but you know, yeah, no doubt about that. Anyway, I'm gonna drop off. I'm gonna go see what the rides are in Seattle. See if there's any live feed. We'll talk to later. All right. <clears throat> Well, all I can say is, you know, we deal with stupidity all the time. We deal with insane situations every day. But this, what happened to this Key West, Florida child in 2018, again, should never have happened. What this child went through, (coughs) excuse me is by and large the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen in my life. And unfortunately, it stands to reason that it could potentially happen again and again and a fucking again. So... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But there comes a time when, you know, you have to stand up for what's right. And what happened to this child was dead wrong. I condemn the school district, the school, the teacher, the principals, and most importantly, the police for traumatizing an eight-year-old child. How do you justify that? How do you sleep at night knowing that the school 
had things in place to deal with these kind of situations. You've got to be kidding me. I, I, I'm, I'm actually completely and utterly beside myself that this kind of nonsense happens to our children in this country. You know, I jokingly said, what did he do, steal, the, steal milk money? And then reading this article, okay, according to the arrest report, the boy was accused of punching a teacher in the chest after being reprimanded for not sitting correctly in the cafeteria during lunch. The child has severe ADHD and was diagnosed with behavioral issues. Okay? How do you justify not using the tools that you have available in the school district? I'm telling you right now, what happened to the, to, to the, to the DiGennaro family is both criminal and disgusting. My prayers go out to the family, you know, to the parents of this child. My prayers go out to this child because no fucking way should this have happened. You know what? I was going to save this for tomorrow, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn around and I'm going to, I'm going to play the news conference. I want you all to hear this, all right? Because in my personal opinion, what happened here should not have happened. But I think I think this uh, news conference uh, will shed some light on what happened. So let's see if I can get the audio to work here, and hopefully we will be able to do that. Just got to wait for the page to open. Okay. Here goes nothing. An arrest of an eight-year-old special needs boy in Key West is causing outrage after the video went viral. And today, civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump is speaking out about that incident that was all caught on camera. Local 10 News reporter Laren Livingston is live. He has some reaction for us. Laren. Christy, not just speaking out, but filing suit, a civil lawsuit. Attorneys and his legal team for being Crump's attorney, his, his law firm say that this child suffered some psychological, severe psychological injury as a result of this incident. We're also hearing from his mother who say that he was not only arrested, but that his mouth swab, that his DNA was taken, that a mugshot was taken, he was fingerprinted, and then he was locked in the cell for several minutes before he was, quote-unquote, released on his own recognizance. Mom and those lawyers say again that because of his special needs and his special diagnosed behavioral issues, that he suffered this psychological injury. Of course, this video that has now gone viral on social media was played again during this morning's 
Zoom news conference, the attorneys emphasized multiple times what this video from 2018 shows. A three foot five, 64 pound, eight year old boy at the time, again with special needs, getting arrested and escorted out of Gerald Adams Elementary in Key West. The arresting officer at one point notes that the boy's hands were too small even for the handcuffs. This child, according to the arrest report, was accused of punching a teacher in the chest after being reprimanded for not sitting correctly in the cafeteria during lunch. He was reportedly charged with felony battery. Those charges were ultimately dropped. Okay, that was the wrong video, the wrong audio clip. That's actually the clip uh, that, that, that was presenting the story. Um, this is the correct clip. It's down to the jail cell. If you can't imagine what he must have been thinking when he tells his parents the big door slammed with the bars on it. Just let that sink in. And as worse as it was, what the police officers did I submit it was worse what the entire criminal justice system was trying to do to this little boy of color. You see, the district attorney, even though he was released on his own recognizance, and I can't even imagine holding a, I can't imagine arresting an eight-year-old child, but then to say, well, we're going to release him on his own recognizance. What else were you to do? Were you going to hold him in jail and require his parents to put up a bail for an eight-year-old child having a mental illness crisis? But the district attorney office then zealously pursued the felony charges. You know, we were mistaken initially thinking, oh, it was just a, a scare straight scenario. No. This mother had to hire a criminal lawyer to aggressively defend these charges, these allegations that her son had committed a felony when he simply was having a mental illness crisis because of his disabilities that had been well diagnosed. Everybody at the school knew about his mental illness. He was on medication. But yet, the system still wanted to criminalize this little boy of color. So we are here to speak to that horrific video. We're here to announce Attorney Jacob and Attorney Robinson and I that we are filing a federal civil rights lawsuit that Attorney Jacob will talk to you in greater detail. And we're here to let you hear from a brokenhearted mother in the ordeal that they went through of having this traumatic experience. You would hear that she was enduring her own medical issues 
why she wasn't able to be there that day to protect her child from literally being arrested at eight years old as a convicted felon for having a mental illness crisis. And you will hear what the psychological evaluation concluded. But make no mistake about it. If this is swept under the rug and nobody speaks to it, this will happen again as it, as it has happened before. So we are trying to not only fight for Bianca DiGiorno's little boy, we are here fighting for other little marginalized children who the system will try to put on the school-to-prison pipeline even before they reach their teens. Outrageous, it is shocking, and most of all, I believe it is unconstitutional. And so with that, I will have my co-counsel, Attorney Devin Jacob, who will talk to you about these matters and specifically talk to you about the lawsuit that we are filing. And then I will come back and introduce you to Attorney Robinson. Attorney Devin Jacob. Make sure I'm unmuted. Sorry about that. Good morning, uh, Devin Jacob. My, my name's up there so you can see how to spell it. Uh, I'm with Jacob Litigation, a national civil rights law firm. Ben Crump, it's always an honor to work with you and Sue Ann Robinson. Um, ben and I have partnered on uh, several cases and continue to do so, uh, fighting a good mission here, and that's that uh, there's equality under the law, and that systemic uh, racism and oppression is ended. Uh, this case, it, it, you know, on its face, it may not may not seem like a big injury, but children do suffer significant injuries during their formative years when the people who they're supposed to be able to trust uh, misuse their authority and break that trust. And that's what happened here. Um, very sadly, we received a statement from the Key West Police Department. And you'll note that the one thing the chief said was, my officers did nothing wrong, meaning he admitted, he admitted, and keep this in mind as a policymaker for Key West, that what you saw in that video is business as usual in Key West. He admitted that that is how he trains his police officers. He admitted that those are the policies by which his officers are supposed to work on the street. And that is the problem. That is why we have this lawsuit. So this systemic problem clearly that exists in Key West, Florida, is going to come to an end with this litigation. Um, we've asserted numerous claims in this case. Uh, those claims relate to the psychological injury uh, that was caused to this young boy. And it's about the police officers and the school officials and the district attorney's office who all thought that this is the way uh, you handle disabled persons, that this is the way you handle young children. That's a problem. This is not just one individual who had an error in judgment. This was a system that had an error in judgment when they set up how they are to operate. 
And again, we're here to, to fix that problem. Now, I'm a former police officer, so I don't accept the excuse of we weren't sure how to handle the situation. And I don't accept the excuse that we are permitted under the law to do this. You're not permitted under the law to do this. Officers are permitted to handcuff even children, but in very limited situations, the force use has to be objectively reasonable. In this situation, there is case law directly on point, which says and is comparable that when you have a situation that has ended when you get there and you have a three and a half foot, 64 pound, small eight-year-old boy who is presenting as zero threat to the police officers, to school officials, to the community, there is absolutely no reason to be placing handcuffs on that individual. So the police chief may believe that he did nothing wrong and that his officers did nothing wrong. That's scary that he doesn't understand the federal constitution. So we are going to make sure through this lawsuit that he does. If there's any questions about the uh, legal claims being asserted, of course, I'm available to answer them both on here and via email. Um, but it's uh, it's shocking what happened here. As a former police officer, I'm appalled. Thank you, Devin. Um, and, and Ryan, should we play the video now or should we keep moving forward? We just have a snap it for people who may be unaware of exactly what we're talking about. Sorry about the uh, dead air, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to see if I can uh, <clears throat> advance the, uh, the video a little bit. And what they're showing is what happened to this child. And it should be, the audio should be resuming momentarily. Thank you. We've got some heavy rain. Thank you, Ryan. I am. Um, You go first, Jack. If I can, just a couple points uh, about the video. You'll note. that at the very beginning, you see the officers standing there and oh, wondering what they're doing. They're actually concerned about how to handle the situation. That is the time in a proper police department where if you are confused, you should be on the phone with a supervisor. And that clearly didn't happen in this case. Then you'll see when they approached um, the young boy, 
he's sitting there completely calm, exactly what I said. So there's no objective reason to be placing him in restraints at that time. In addition, you'll see in the office to the left, as they're approaching, school officials are standing there simply watching as this occurs. Now, keep in mind, school officials act in loco parentis, meaning as if they are the parents when the parents are not there. It was their duty to intervene to protect the special needs boy from those police officers. There should have been school officials in handcuffs because they went too far in protecting the boys, which should have happened. But instead, they simply handed him over. And then at the very end, you see, he's standing next to one of those school officials who simply allows the police officer to walk him out to the car. There is a big problem here when you have that many adults in positions of authority and policymaking positions to allow something like this to occur. Yeah, and, and the only thing I was going to say before I uh, introduced you to Attorney Robinson, where's the decency? Where's the humanity? Where is the concern that is somebody's child? All those adults would never allow that to happen to their child, but for whatever reasons, they said it's fine to do it to this little boy. Why is that? Why the deliberate indifference? And then you watch the pat down. I mean, really? You're patting this little eight-year-old kid down? And for what? The handcuffs, you couldn't hear the audio, but there's video that we've circulated where you hear the audio where the officer says, the handcuffs won't fit. Is that not enough to break your heart, to make you stop there saying there's something terribly wrong that we're doing because we don't have handcuffs for little kids? That should have at some point triggered something in your mind, something in your moral code to say this isn't right. But then to have supervisors. Devin talked about they should have called supervisors. Well, I don't think it would have mattered because at some point, not only the supervisors were aware, but the district attorney was aware, and they doubled down on these violations. The district attorney, Bianca had to hire a private lawyer. They had to fight almost a year before the district attorney finally accept the fact that this is not a prosecutorial offense and it should be dropped. It never, ever should come to this. And thank God Bianca had resources. What about the poor marginalized people who don't have resources to hire a lawyer so their children don't get caught up in the system at eight years old. Eight years old. Already a convicted felon. Attorney Sue Ann Robinson. Good morning. Um, thank you for having me on. 
I, quite frankly, am exhausted by this kind of conduct, but I'm still honored to stand with Mr. Crump and Mr. Jacob on this case to fight for a special needs child. And I think that we cannot allow special needs children to be crushed under the machine of police misconduct and bad judgment. We cannot allow that. We're in a state in our country where we are working to reform, to get better policies, and we cannot allow these children to fall through the cracks of that. As a mother who happens to be a lawyer, I will personally use all of the tools at my disposal to defend children, to make sure that they're protected at all costs. And I will never stand by and allow abuse on children by law enforcement. It's not, it's simply not their job to, to be very candid, to intervene in a situation like that. And to the extent that the system that we currently have in place puts police officers as the responders, as the first responders to situations such as that, they have a duty to use not just their police training, but also their human judgment, which is what Mr. Crump was alluding to. The, the idea that you would show up um, and see a calm child that's simply sitting inside of a, an office and take it up into and make the decision that, you know what, we're gonna arrest this kid and we're gonna file charges against him. Um, that in and of itself shows that there is a culture of criminalization, of abuse on specifically on children, especially because this wasn't a situation where you're seeing a child misbehaving or uncontrollable or not being able to be subdued. This is the exact situation that we tell all of our kids to be in, comply, become, um, be polite, co-op, and this child, special needs and all, still ends up, you know, behind a cell and having to be defended in court by a defense attorney. And this is simply just not what our system is for. And there's never a justification. There's never going to be a justification for that level of behavior by police officers against the child. There's never going to be a justification for it. And we have to protect our children. We have to do it. Thank you, Attorney Robinson. And uh, this intellectual justification of discrimination simply cannot be the prevailing law of the land. And I'm so grateful for Attorney Robinson and Attorney Jacobs, who are brilliant. And uh, you'll see from this complaint that we intend to defend this child's right to be that special, uh, I mean, just handsome little boy that God intended him to be without being judged. And you do think about your own children uh, going through this, and no parent can fathom that. Um, and so I'm going to introduce you to the mother of uh, this child who we all have a heavy heart for, um, Bianca DeGenero, um, who's going to talk to you about what she had to endure. And then Attorney Jacob and uh, Robinson and I 
We'll try to answer as many of your questions along with uh, Ms. DeGenero. Uh, Bianca DeGenero, uh, please tell them about you and your child's experience. Um, hi, um, I'm Bianca DeGenero. I'm here because um, my son has a disability and um, the authorities try to make him a criminal um, only being eight years old for being disabled. I'm here for my son because I refuse to let them make him a convicted felon at the age of eight and um, just because he was having a, a mental breakdown. Um, where even the psychological evaluation concluded that he was simply having a temper tantrum and um, he's been diagnosed with um, severe ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, depression and anxiety for a long time and everybody knew this. Um, the main reason I'm here is because I'm, so, I'm very heartbroken that this happened to my son um, and so this day, um, I, I, I'm upset because I wasn't there to protect my son because I had a um, medical issue where I had to be away uh, for treatment uh, to have a six and a half pound tumor removed. And um, I wasn't there to protect my son from getting arrested, going to an adult jail, being fingerprinted, um, having his mouth swapped for DNA, and um, been taking a mugshot. Uh, my eight-year-old son has a mugshot out there and has DNA out there. Um, he was put in a jail cell and he was kept there. It doesn't matter for how long, whether it was five minutes or five hours. Um, it's it just, I'm just here for my son because I've refused to let them make him a criminal and a convicted felon at the age of eight years old. And um, I had to fight for a long time to get these charges dropped. And I, um, I, I, I want to, I, I need to protect him and I'm going to protect him now and anybody else that's out there that this doesn't happen to them. Thank you, Bianca. Um, Thank you. I know this is very difficult for you. Um, at this time, Attorney Jacobs and uh, Attorney Robinson and I will try to answer your questions. So, uh, Kelly, if you want to take over, we're ready to do Q&A. Sure. So, again, if you do have questions, please type them into the Q&A feature of Zoom. Um, we'll do our best to get to them, but keep in mind, um, if this is ongoing, we might not be able to answer all of them. But um, let me see here. All right, so we have one question here. How long was he in the jail cell? Uh, we understand he was there only for a few minutes, but what he tells his parents and his family is he vividly remembers them slamming the big door with the bars on it. That's the perspective of an eight-year-old child. When was the charge dropped? Bianca, uh, was it about nine months after he was arrested? Yes. 
about nine months. And if you, if anything else beyond you want to say about that, about how you had to hire your lawyer and how yeah, I had to you hire, I had to hire an attorney. I had to pay for a forensic evaluation that was very costly. Um, we had to go to court several times and, um, uh, it took nine months for the charge not to be dropped, but to be no cost, never charged. It, it should be noted that it took another prosecutor taking over and realizing how ridiculous the case was, if I'm correct. Right, Bianca? Yes. So there, the first prosecutor just continued to pursue the charges. And finally, another prosecutor took over, looked at the case, looked at the expert report, realizing this was nothing more than a special needs uh, child exhibiting symptoms of his disability uh, and deciding that the charges should not continue and did not, you know, did not file a, you know, a motion of settlement or agreement or anything like that, but instead actually no cross meaning said these charges are, they're not, they're, they should not be on the docket and no cross the case. And I, I would have attorney Robinson speak to that. I know she is a, does a lot of criminal defense work in uh, South Florida. And it just speaks to this system of trying to criminalize young, uh, marginalized children, especially young children of color at younger and younger ages with adult felony charges. Yeah, I, I and the the issue is that you know, we're aware now because of the movement that's happening nationally, everyone is becoming aware of the school to prison pipeline, the prison industrial complex, and how a lot of these things fit together. So, and how the policing culture right now, as it is, in enhances and encourages that. So, you know, police officers are, are almost rewarded for this type of behavior because, you know, they got an arrest for that day. And whether it's an eight-year-old child, a seven-year-old child, or, um, you know, just another, uh, a teenager walking on the street, they're going to be a rewarded for, for making the arrest as opposed to the culture being, let's evaluate the facts of what's happening. Let's, let's look at what is actually occurring and let's respond according to that as opposed to, you know, well, this is policy and we conduct ourselves, um, you know, based on some globulous policy that, you know, we're, we're, we don't have to justify what we do. Um, we just treat people uh, poorly and make poor judgment calls and um, abuse small kids and put young children in situations they should never um, experience um, at such a young age. And especially someone with a documented, um, you know, disability, this obviously was the incorrect Ladies and gentlemen, the video in question is buffering. Now it says it's unavailable. I do apologize for that. Um, okay, I just had to check real quick to see that my audio was still working. So, unfortunately, uh, the video in question could not be played. It was unavailable, 
And I th- and I and I'm sorry that that happened. <clears throat> I'm attempting to refresh the uh, page in question to see if I can. Um, I can get the the audio back. Adams Elementary in Key West. The arresting officer at one point notes that the boys. I don't believe this. That is not the the one I wanted. See if I can open up a. Yeah, this may help getting it to open on Facebook. But I'll see if I can advance it to where it where it left off. That is, of course, if I can. I can find the location that is. There's not enough time on Blog Talk Radio's overtime period for it to be played. So I will attempt tomorrow I will attempt tomorrow to uh, to obtain the video in question or I'll do it after I get off the air tonight. But you get a general idea of what's happened with this eight-year-old child. And it is heartbreaking, to say the least. I'm going to do all I can to follow this uh, story closely. And um, I'm also going to uh, download the complaint that they filed because that is also available on this page. Um, So hopefully, uh, I will be able to get all this together. And what I will do is I will do a special video broadcast uh, at some point during the day on Wednesday uh, just for this story alone, because there is no excuse None whatsoever, all right, for this to have happened. There is no excuse for police charging an eight-year-old boy with felony battery, putting him in a jail cell for several minutes, and then, of course, Dropping the charges. 
My guess would be that they realized they fucked up Royal, and, well, let's face it, this is what our society has, has turned into. We, we yell at the police when, they, when, when they're, we, we, we attack the police. This society that we live in attacks police on a broad spectrum, okay? They attack on a broad spectrum. And what happens in that broad spectrum, that broad paintbrush, that's being put out there is all cops are bad. All cops are bad. All cops are bad. No, they're not. The actions of these officers in Key West, Florida do not represent the entire police department or police in general. Now, of course, the department... uh, defended their officers, as many would. But these officers needed, need no defense because they're, what, they're, what they did was indefensible. They should not have been defended. A full investigation should have been conducted and should be conducted. The Florida Attorney General's office should be mounting a full-scale investigation into why this happened. The school district should be held accountable. The Board of Education in Key West, Florida, should be held accountable. This is inexcusable behavior. And believe me when I tell you, there shouldn't have been an arrest of an eight-year-old boy with special needs. You know, I spoke of how things happened to me back in the 70s. That's the way it was back in the 70s. They shove you into special education and they, and they, they, they naturally assume that that's going to fix the problem. Because to them, at that time, like I said, hyper, I was hyperactive. They call it ADHD today, but it was hyperactive then. They thought that throwing me to special education would fix me. That's what their mentality was. And because they got somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to $10,000 per student for the school year, guess what? They were raking in the dough. Ray, me. Now, I didn't need special education. My mother knew that. When she saw something on... Uh, on uh, on, peop- on public broadcasting, back when public broadcasting was actually worth something, it was it was a program on there about mainstreaming your child from special ed into re- back into the regular schools. Well, she wanted to do she wanted that done, so she put in with what was then called the committee on the handicap to try and make that a possibility, make that a reality. After several meetings, my father having to take time off because they wanted both parents there, a decision was reached. So my mother asked 
You've made a decision. What, what have you decided? Margaret Kronheim, then chairwoman of the uh, committee, said one word. One two-letter word. No. Well, my mother turned to me and said, George, this is one decision I can't make for you. This is one decision you have to make for yourself and be comfortable with it and live with it. Now, I never swore in front of my mother a, a day in my life until that day. I looked at her. I looked at Kronheim. I looked back at her. I saw my father sitting behind my mother. And I said, Mom, I fucking quit. That shocked Kronheim. It shocked my mother a little, not a lot. I mean, she kind of half expected me to be pissed. My father just sat there mumbling under his breath. And, of course, yours truly got up, mom got up, dad got up, and we walked out of that building. My mother sent a letter to the Board of Education in my hometown to the school and kept the letter for her, a copy of the letter for herself and gave a copy to her attorney. In the years that followed, I went for my GED. Unsuccessfully, I might add, but I tried nonetheless. Now, that doesn't mean by any means that I gave up on my own education. I studied history books while I was in the library. I studied long and hard. I studied and practiced mathematics as much as I could, as much as I could get, get through. But at the end of the day, I was without a high school diploma. I still am today. And that's not to say I won't try for my GED one more time. I'm actually going to do just that. But I digress. As someone that used to come to this show used to tell me, it's not all about you, George. Well, it's not about me, but I'm using my life, as an, uh, my, life my experiences as an example of what happened to me decades ago, as I often do. Life experiences, they do have relevance. But I, I shudder to think, what other parents are going through in this country. Parents of special needs children. Parents who see this story, who hear about this story, and wonder, is my child safe from this kind of abuse? And this is child abuse in the grandest sense of the word. I was afraid of that. We have a thunderstorm in uh, my area. And it is very possible, however unlikely, we could lose power here. If that happens, the broadcast will end abruptly. I just want to warn everyone of that possibility. So if my power goes out, it'll shut everything down, and that means I'm done for the night. But 
Do not let your heart be troubled. For Firefox News Online, we'll come back on Wednesday night if this should happen. For either Hump Day or Humped Day. Well, in approximately six minutes or less, I'll close tonight's broadcast. But I want you to understand the severity of what happened to this special needs child. Traumatized, quite possibly for the rest of his life. This is inexcusable. This is reprehensible behavior on the part of the school, the district, the police. I'll tell you something right now. If I were the police chief of that Key West, Florida department, any officer involved wouldn't have a job for very long. That officer and any accomplices would be out the door. And I'd show them the door with my boot print. We demonize good cops, but when you've got police officers that do stupid shit like this, well, not for anything but personally. I think it's disgusting. Outright disgusting. That a child should be traumatized in this manner. When the officer discovered that the handcuffs wouldn't fit his little wrists, I'm surprised he didn't take out the wire tie handcuffs. I mean, obviously, this child was a dangerous person. He acted out. He punched a teacher in the chest. How hard could an eight-year-old child punch a grown adult to warrant a felony battery charge and being arrested at the age of eight? I saw the video. I'll tell you right now, there's no way that little kid's punch did any damage, caused any kind of injury. That's what I mean by damage. And I'm sure the teacher wasn't hurt in the least. And if she was or he was, well, you know what? Boo-hoo-hoo. You have procedures in place to deal with special needs children, and you didn't use them. That, to me, is an inexcusable, completely asinine way to handle anything. But I digress. We are 
about to go off of Blog Talk Radio. I don't have time to close the BTR overtime period properly. But the views and opinions that were expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who joined me and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of any other person or blogtalkradio.com. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online, and a rebroadcast transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, that's me, is expressly forbidden, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. We report at firefoxnewsonline.com. We report at firefoxnewsonline.com, where you can send stories or topic ideas. Comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Again, comments at firefoxnewsonline.com to send your comments on what you heard in this broadcast. We're about to go off off of BTR. Those of you listening on BTR, thank you. And...